Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Haiti gas truck explosion kills 62, injures dozens. Barbados government to negotiate with striking nurses. St. Kitts and Nevis Prime Minister Harris announces double salary for civil servants. Dominica's tourism minister encourages vaccination among taxi drivers in order to increase income. And Trinidad and Tobago government introduces legislation to outlaw Ponzi and other pyramid schemes. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, December 15. We start our report today in Haiti. Bahamanews.net reports that a massive gas truck explosion killed at least 62 people in Haiti on Tuesday after bystanders swarmed the vehicle to collect spill fuel, a precious commodity, in a nation plagued by acute fuel shortages. The blast in Haiti's second-largest city of Capuchin is the latest disaster to hit the poverty-wracked Caribbean nation, riven by gang violence and political paralysis. Prime Minister Ariel Henry visited the scene of the tragedy, saying his heart was broken after meeting some of the dozen of injured in a local hospital. Crowds gathered at the site, where some of the dead were left on the road in body bags. The truck is believed to have flipped over after the driver lost control while swerving to avoid a motorcycle taxi. Haiti's Civil Protection Department confirmed that the truck had crashed and that passers-by had rushed to collect the escaped gas, a rare commodity amid severe fuel shortages caused by the grip of criminal gangs on the capital, Port-au-Prince. Following the incident, civilians took a chance to collect the gas by filling up makeshift receptacles, causing a terrible explosion that led to numerous victims and major material damage, the department said in a statement. Deputy Mayor Patrick Almonor said that around 40 houses in the area were also damaged, but no details were yet available on victim numbers inside the homes. The Justine University Hospital was overwhelmed with patients as the injured were transported to the facility. In recent months, more than a dozen vehicles transporting fuel had been attacked by gangs demanding ransoms for the driver's release. Demonstrators took to streets as recently on Monday to protest the rise in gasoline prices. The lack of fuel is also affecting water access in the country, where many people rely on private companies to deliver water by truck to at-home systems. Barbados Today reports that the government of Barbados is set to return to the bargaining table this week to broker a deal with striking nurses to settle a range of long-standing grievances. Barbados's health minister, the Most Honorable Lieutenant Colonel Jeffrey Bostic, said on Tuesday. More than a week after nurses represented by the Unity Workers Union withdrew their labor, some health services remain crippled. A statement issued by the Ministry of Health and Wellness on Tuesday said the COVID-19 National Immunization Program has been impacted by the action. Daily nurses have been unavailable to administer the vaccines at some sites, which continue to be reduced because of this issue. 
However, the Ministry of Health and Wellness wishes to assure members of the public that despite the current challenges being faced, they will be updated in the timely manner as to which sites will operate on a daily basis, it said. Minister Bostic told reporters that there are signs of further action in relation to others being involved, but he said the matter will be dealt with in the coming days and assured that the ministry is on standby to put measures in place to maintain the provision of health care services. Outspoken Unity Workers Union leader Caswell Franklin, who is also an opposition senator, said the action taken by his members was triggered by a memo from the Gyriatric Hospital, which informed nurses that weekly testing for unvaccinated employees would begin in accordance with the Safe Zone Directive Number 2, 2021. Minister Bostic explained last Monday that the memo had been sent prematurely. But in a further statement yesterday, he told reporters that concerns about the safe zones were not the main issues arising from his talks with the nurses last Thursday. He said it was more about long-standing grievances, things like increases in pay, restructuring of the whole nursing brand in relation to payments, and so on. Things like technical training, which are issues we have been addressing. And I will speak to that at the right time. Bostic maintained that his ministry is continuing efforts to improve conditions in the health sector and will, at the appropriate time, outline what has been done, particularly in relation to nursing. MyView News reports that Sinkitz Nevis Minister of Finance, Dr. Timothy Harris, on Tuesday announced that all civilian servants in Sinkitz and Nevis will be paid a double salary this month. In addition, Harris also encouraged all government statutory boards and corporations to do likewise, provided that they are in a financial position to do so. The measure, which caught many off guard, was announced while Harris was presenting the Appropriation Bill 2022 in a special sitting of the National Assembly held at the St. Kitts Marriott. He explained that thousands of people are still suffering as a result of the fallout from almost two years of COVID-19 and its impact on countries like St. Kitts Nevis. Such persons need some help indicated the finance minister, who added that there are many civil servants who today are the sole income earner in households across the country. He thanks civil servants for their hard work over the past 21 months and said the government has determined that all should be rewarded for their dedication. Over $35 million have been allocated to cover the added expense, but the finance minister said he is confident that it would help to stimulate a new wave of economic activity while also creating new job opportunities. The government still has some fiscal space to successfully implement this budget that would enable the country to honor its obligations, protect the poor, the needy, and the children among us, said Harris. At the same time, the budget will stimulate the economy so that people can go back to work. It is a people-centered budget, he suggested. The budget is being delivered under the theme, Investing in Our People, Putting Sinkits and Nevis Back on Track. 
Harris disclosed that the International Monetary Fund, IMF, has predicted that the country will realize a 10% economic growth in 2022. This budget, in my view, is yet another tool to ensure that St. Kitts and Nevis can realize this very optimistic growth forecast, stated Dr. Harris. No new taxes have been included in the budget of over $952 million. Dominica News Online reports that Dominica's Minister of Tourism, International Transportation and Maritime Initiatives, Denise Charles, is urging all taxi operators on the island to get vaccinated in order to participate in the many income-earning opportunities that have opened up within the tourism sector since the reopening of the cruise sector. Although these offers are now available to citizens, the minister revealed that the government has begun an initiative called Safe in Nature, which allows vaccinated persons to be involved. She said the Safe in Nature brand is fantastic, adding that with the resumption of cruise ships, taxi operators are being engaged and the vendors are back selling their products. It's very important for stakeholders who want to partake, and there's plenty of room for them to partake because there's a great demand for cruise travel right now, she said on Prime Minister Roosevelt Skerritt's Anu Palais program on Sunday. Some taxi operators who want to participate in the bubble only want to do an antigen test, and I have to say to them that the risk involved is too great. As you know, the first outbreak of COVID occurred on a cruise vessel, and there are strict regulations by CDC, and we also have strict agreements with them that we cannot breach, she said. The minister revealed that so far the government has seen a 60% of tourism providers vaccinated. However, she thinks tourism should be the first industry to reach herd immunity, given the importance of it to the economy. Charles added that since the cruise ship season has started, about 10,000 people have disembarked and gone on tours to the extent that the cruise lines are saying that this is the best season. They have sold out on many of the organizers, and some of them are asking for private tours. The minister further publicized that the government has already started discussions with Combined Taxi to offer private tours to tourists who want to go and explore the country. She hopes that by next week, everything will be in place for taxi operators as the government has already signed the agreement with Combined Taxi. Charles Ferdinand added that she is pleased to see that in her last few meetings with hotel stakeholders, that operations are looking up for Dominica in tourism. Bookings are up for December and the first quarter of 2022 looks bright. And so we are beginning to see signs of a rebound. And so with the addition of this direct service, I expect when I speak to them next month that certainly there will be a major increase in bookings for the accommodation sector, she said. Barbados today via CMC reports that the Trinidad and Tobago government has tabled legislation in Parliament providing for a $10 million TNT dollar and 10 years in jail for anyone who establishes or operates a Ponzi or pyramid scheme. 
Finance Minister Colm Ember table the Finance Bill Number 2, which also provides for a $5 million fine and five years imprisonment for anyone who participates in a Ponzi scheme or a prohibited scheme. Ember told legislators on Monday that there is no specific legislation in Trinidad and Tobago which criminalizes Ponzi and pyramid schemes and schemes of that nature, though there were various provisions in pieces of legislation that would allow the authorities to act once the schemes fall within certain definitions within the Securities Act. And some of these operators are quite clever and are fairly familiar with the gray areas in the law and therefore have attempted to get around the areas of the law with their Ponzi schemes and pyramid schemes, he said. Imbert said clauses 3 and 13 of the Finance Act addresses the criminalization of these schemes under Proceeds of Crimes and Securities Acts adding that the traditional SUSU arrangement was not being prohibited or outlawed because it had none of the features of the prohibited scheme or Ponzi scheme. Attorney General Faris Al-Rawi said the new legislation would deal specifically with fraudulent investments and financial transactions and separate them from legitimate systems of finance. He said the amendments would strengthen and broaden the ability of the Financial Action Task Force in the use of administrative sanctions, which could protect the public who may be swindled out of their money. He told legislators that while under the existing Security Act, fraudsters could use shortfalls in the law's definition of an investment contract to justify their schemes in court. The amendments would close the gaps using the case law to tackle criminals. The debate is continuing. Virgin Islands Free Press via Riders reports that Wall Street ended lower on Monday, with shares of Carnival Corp and several airlines tumbling as investors worry about the Omicron coronavirus variant ahead of the Federal Reserve's meeting this week. Travel-related stocks fell with the fast-spreading variant accounting for around 40% of COVID-19 infections in London and at least one debt in the United Kingdom. Norwegian Cruise Line holding Carnival Corp and Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines all slumped, while the S&P 1500 Airlines Index shed more than 2%. It's transportation, restaurants, all the things that if it got bad enough that we start putting new restrictions on people, it would not be good for them, said Tom Martin, senior portfolio manager at Goldball Investment in Atlanta. Most of the 11 major S&P 500 sector indexes fell, with only defensive sectors including consumer staples, utilities, and real estate gaining. Investors expect an increasing hawkish tone out of the Federal Reserve's two-day meeting that wraps up today, Wednesday, December 15. The U.S. Central Bank is expected to signal a faster wind-down of asset purchases, which could also usher closer a start to interest rate hikes. And finally, Bahamanews.net via Shinoa News reports that Cuba 
table tennis players have benefited from sports equipment donated by Chinese companies over the past few years. Among them is Shelly Delgado, who won the women's single gold medal at the National Tennis Championship in 2019. The 22-year-old is now training at Hard Cerro Pilato Center for Elite Athletes in Havana ahead of the regional competition slated to take place on the island next year. The quality of Chinese equipment are very rare, she said, adding that our conditions for training have very much improved. The donation included rackets, balls, tables, nets, as well as footwear and clothing. Angel Antonio Rodriguez, secretary for the Cuban Table Tennis Federation, said that the Chinese companies have not only helped Cuba with donations of the state-of-the-art equipment, but with field training in China. Chinese table tennis players are a global reference for us. There are many things that we can learn from them, he said. Cuba's national table tennis team resumed training in September after an 18-month hiatus due to the COVID-19 pandemic. In the past few years, Cuban table tennis players have excelled in the 2018 Barranquilla, Central America, and Caribbean Games in Lima in 2019 Pan American Games. In addition, two Cuban table tennis players qualified for the Tokyo Olympics held in 2021. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, December 15. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and follow us on Facebook. Now, Meta.